coming through loud and clear. Hello. Hello. Um, hey. Good. I, can I tell you something uh, that I just noticed today when I was... Um, Please. I was texting. So you know that I recently got a button phone, as we were calling it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was texting someone and my phone uses predictive text. And, um, yeah. and when I was texting them, I texted them the word podcast. I said, I was, oh, I'm going to record the podcast with Mark later. And uh, my phone didn't know the word podcast, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, it's just old. <laughs> it just changes it to like radio station or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't know because I think it's, uh, they use an old dictionary as well as the old software or something. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I, I, I actually feel like predictive text is nearly something that's a technology that's gotten worse over time because I used to use that loads. I used yeah. to think that was real handy on my, mm. like I remember using it on, on button phones and now it's, uh, now it, it's just, it's consistently wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, like uh, the, the, uh, the Android one is a bloody joke. It, it's, it it's terrible. It doesn't work at all. T9, Useless. T9 dictionary. That's, uh, it's really impressive. But it is kind of fun finding out like certain words like selfie. Like it wouldn't know selfie. And what words have appeared in the last uh, decade that now no longer exist in, well, that now exist, but they didn't uh, exist back then. And so when I try to type yeah. podcast into my phone, T9 dictionary is like a, I don't know what that is because my brain is from yeah. 10 years you ago. You should try uh, try typing in penny farthing and see if it knows <laughs> what that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. We should also address um, the old... Um, did you hear about Kermode and Mayo? Uh, yes. the the They stole our idea. After we stole their idea. Yeah, they stole our idea. I feel like their idea was a less patentable idea, though. It was just having a, a essentially just having a podcast about films. Like, yeah, we, it was more we were, we were more inspired by them yeah. rather than theft. They have the the most famous, you know, film review podcast in the world, but it's very much just a podcast, a two guys talking. Our angle when we started this was we we you know we have the tech aspect, we have the WhatsApp voice message thing going on, and uh, and they've completely they've completely stolen our idea i i, I guess for so we should explain that the the and maya show for anyone who doesn't know is uh it's a big film review show on bbc radio 5 really good you i was gonna say you should check it out if uh if you haven't but maybe just keep listening to our show <laughs> um and but yeah they they recently started getting people to do whatsapp voice reviews yeah. After, uh, based on obviously based on the success of what we've been doing, but that's really yeah. scandalous. That's <laughs> that's our idea. Our heroes. <laughs> there are. Heroes. Saying, what did I say? I feel like we're a local. We're like a local bookshop, and they're Amazon just <laughs> destroying us. <laughs> and it's so. It's we're going to go out of business. Thing to see uh, your heroes turn into your your rivals and enemies. You know that's a. Uh, yeah. It's a really difficult situation. Um, I think it's possible. Do you think it's in any way possible that like our idea has somehow trickled through to them? You know, in that like the idea, the idea originated from us and somehow it's trickled Mm. through. Like I have a friend who works for the BBC. Maybe, you know, she follows me on Instagram. Maybe she somehow uh, 
was walking through the corridor and met a guy in the lift and then said, oh, my friend's doing a What's Up Voice Review film podcast. And then that guy walked down the corridor and then he bumped into maybe the producer of the Kermode and Mayo film podcast and said the same thing, says you should do that in your show. He mentions it to Kermode and Mayo on Thursday. On Friday, they're getting people to do it and we've lost all, all of our potential audience. I'd say that's almost definitely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that thing? Have you seen that thing with the, like, the footballer's wife like calling out the other footballer's wife? Oh, yeah, Rebecca Vardy and uh, Colleen Rooney. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, very good that she blocked everyone but one person. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing scandal. I really like oh, it. Yeah. And f- then apparently yeah. your one is denying it and she's gotten some IT experts on the case to like investigate yeah. it. <laughs> There was a very funny uh, tweet someone did. It was my favorite tweet on the whole thing, which was just some random guy who retweeted what Colleen Rooney had tweeted, her famous tweet that like was the accusation that Rebecca Vardy had been uh, selling her newspaper things to the sun. And he retweeted it with the comment saying, am I the only one who can read this tweet? (laughs) 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 That's excellent. (laughs) Like just testing to see if she's done the same thing to him. Yeah, yeah, that's um, very, very good. Good, some good topical references here at the head of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're covering covering the hottest points what in about, the news. What, what do you think of Brexit? Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, should we? Should we? But talk, at should least we, talk we can all hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on, okay, hold on. Okay. At least yeah. we can all escape. The uh, the harsh realities of of news and Brexit through cinema. Excellent. So I think we should, I think we should transition into uh, the Excellent. films that we've watched in you're, the last you're week. You're getting so good at the transitions. <laughs> I need to just shut up and let you transition because it's 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 blowing yeah, everyone's I mind. Just do a nod. My mum said it to me the other day. She's like, "Mark's transitions are just next level. Mine are admittedly very really? poor." Yeah, well, Carla also said mm. it. My sister's back and she said, your transitions are just so good. Uh, you do a yeah. slow pause before well. it and then you go, well, we could. And then you do the, it's very good. It's very good to watch. I imagine yeah. something uh, like yeah. watching no. Messi play football or something. Yeah. And only you get to see that, Killian. Think how lucky you are. <laughs> <laughs> Until we get the live stream going. Um, but yeah, shall we, uh, shall we crack on with the first one? Yeah. So the, the, the first film we're going to do this week is The Farewell, um, a really nice film that I went to see in The Lighthouse last week. Uh, needless to, they, to say, it's produced by... Who's it produced by? A24. Of course. Um, and here, I exclusively watch films by them. Um, and yeah, here, here's what I thought of it. So I just went to see The Farewell there. Uh, the film I mentioned on the last one, um, it's about a girl, a Chinese girl who lives in America with her family. Um, she's kind of grown up from a young age in the States. And her granny, who still lives in China, uh, gets cancer. Well, she's diagnosed with cancer, but the family make the decision to just not tell her and to just go over and kind of spend time with her without her knowing that she has cancer and kind of so she can enjoy her last time um, which they kind of make out in the film is a common thing in China or not, maybe not common but not 
not a, not a strange thing to do. Um, it's an amazing movie, really, really good. Just like really nice. The main thing, like, I guess even though that's the story, that's not kind of the, the main thing that you're thinking about throughout. That's always kind of underlying each scene whenever they do anything that's kind of in your mind. You're like, oh, this is nice, but it's also kind of sad because of the context. But mainly it's, uh, I found it was really nice, just like family movie, like the whole family are really close. And also it was like a really cool insight into Chinese culture. There's just lots of them doing traditional Chinese stuff and going like eating Chinese food and just doing lots of, I don't know, Chinese stuff. I didn't really, I don't really know that much about Chinese culture, but it made it look really, really nice. Um, it's funny as well. I don't know if this is a thing, but there's also uh, two Japanese people in it and they make Japanese people out to be extremely bizarre. <laughs> and like, it makes like the Chinese people seem really like they're completely normal and the Japanese characters seem like they're super weird. Um, and then there's also kind of a East versus West uh, thing where they're comparing like because the people who live in America say oh in America it's like this and in America we should do this and it's like this and they're like you're not in America anymore you're in the east you're in China and this is how we do things here and it also kind of explains some things that you'd think are weird behavior or weird things culturally that happen it kind of explains and it gives a context and it kind of gives gives you more insight into their beliefs and why they do certain things one way and People in the West do things a different way. And it, it's, just, yeah, really, just really interesting film. Pretty sad. Definitely had some tears. Um, but really good. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah. So, as I said, it's a, a film about Chinese people doing Chinese stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> um, How do you feel but now? But no, it, it was really, it was, it, oh, yeah. Oh, great like I, I, it was just such a good film it's actually quite a while since I watched well it feels like a while since I watched it now but really just liked it and as I said it was a really good insight into Chinese culture or I guess just non-western culture um, and just seeing how they deal with something like something like that like get, getting a, a cancer diagnosis and there's mm. a bit in it where um the the girl who has grown up in New York primarily mm -hmm. is talking to her uncle and he's explaining like, listen, you live in the West. She's basically saying that, oh, we need to tell her. And he's saying we can't. And he's yeah. like, listen, you're from the West. In the West, you have your own life and your life belongs to you. But he's like, in the East, your life belongs to a hole and that hole is your family and that's how things work here. Yeah. And it just doesn't work the same as how things over there work. And it was just such an interesting thing because then that line kind of gave context to other things they have to do and just other ways they behave around yeah. the whole situation. And it kind of, it, I get, it kind of out of context would seem like to us, I guess, super weird, but within the context, you're like, Oh, I see why they're doing this. And you can kind of see the benefits of, of what they're doing. And it's just great. Like, it's just really interesting and really cool. And it's also like quite funny. There's some nice yeah. heartwarming kind of funny bits that, uh, yeah, I just really recommend. 
Um, the really recommend interesting thing out. about this film is it's, uh, it's done by uh, someone called Lulu Wang, who's uh, an American, an Asian American, Chinese American uh, woman. And it's based on a true story of her life about her granny um, getting a terminal illness and then how the family dealt with that. And she made... Um, she made a story on This American Life. Do you know the This American Life podcast? It's uh, one of the big, first big podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it still is huge. Uh, she made a whole story about it. And it's really, really interesting, the story. I, I'm, I remember listening to it years and years ago and really being taken in by it. And it was precisely this, because you have, and I don't know if this is a part of the plot. I think it is. Um, they all have different ideas on how to deal with the granny and her uh, her illness, and they all think that what they're doing is what's you know keeping her going or what doesn't keep her going or whatever. Um, but it was re- yeah, mm. it was really really interesting to hear. I don't know. I guess Asian American culture is is something that doesn't isn't uh, it doesn't get a prime time slot in um, in culture in America. And, and like across the world. Yeah. And it's really interesting in the last few years, especially with Crazy Rich Asians, which came out, which was I absolutely loved, which is about uh, those rich people in Singapore. That was amazing. And then this film as well. It's like, it's interesting. It's coming to the fore and it's just really entertaining, nice family stuff, but with a nice diverse thing where you're actually learning a bit uh, at the same time. But yeah, I, I, I really can't wait to see this film. Mm, yeah it, it's uh, i think you'd really really enjoy it actually mm. i think uh i think it'd be right up your street it's it's a good one um what have we got up next oh next is a big one actually isn't it yeah well, next, in terms of content next um okay let's see what i can do here so i mean we've uh we're going from 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 earth to space i don't know i'm bad at the transitions i'm gonna give up now that's <laughs> Uh, the next film mm. is uh, was a big one that came out a couple of weeks ago and we didn't uh, get a chance to review it on the last one because it was too big and we didn't think we could give it justice. So, uh, And we got a few submissions from our listeners and we always want our listeners to contribute. We got a few submissions. We got one from Michael and one from Ralph who are two esteemed uh, listeners and esteemed opinions that we love to hear from. They went to see Ad Astra. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the new Brad Pitt film. <laughs> and uh, I went to see it as well. And this is what we all collectively thought of Ad Astra. Man, was was that intentionally supposed to be like nearly like a talk show host introducing like a musical guest or something? <laughs> yeah, it came out <laughs> weird, didn't it? Yeah. Ad Astra. <laughs> I, of course, the beautiful Ad Astra. Um, anyway, let's roll the clip. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was Man, to know if uh, you're doing Al Astra on the podcast, but uh, we saw it there on the weekend. Um, I thought it was a bit boring, to be honest. Um, yeah, there were some like really cool bits, like some really cool shots and like um, kind of stages and stuff like that. That looked amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, I just like couldn't really get behind Brad Pitt's character. Uh, yeah, just thought it was a bit like a uh, bit, bit boring. Like, uh, goes on for for very long as well. Like they had like many opportunities to to kind of cut it, 
and end it, end it. But uh, it just kept fucking going. And um, there's also a few, few like very silly bits in it as well. Like I mean, like you know, there's no, no real, no real bounds in, in like kind of sci-fi space travel. It is all a bit, uh, it's a bit far-fetched in a good way, but. There is like there's a few bits in this just like, oh Jesus Christ, did you let your fucking kid jump on the strict script there for a sec? Like, you know, have a bit of restraint. Pretty disappointing. I was reading stuff about it being compared to 2001, so I was quite excited about that. And uh no, I just really fell short. I just thought like it, it wasn't it wasn't like a it didn't feel like a big budget sci-fi movie, but it didn't feel like an interesting kind of indie movie like sci-fi movie like moon or something like that it kind of was just like somewhere in between it didn't really know what it wanted to be acting wasn't acting wasn't anything to write home about it wasn't great and just i thought the story itself wasn't wasn't too interesting it was more of a character piece really than a than an epic sci-fi which i was wasn't hoping for but but don't get me wrong there's some really nice there's some really nice shots in it and stuff like that you can tell they tried to go for kind of kubrick Cuba kind of cinematography and stuff like that but yeah just all, all in all not really a great movie probably five out of ten like i wouldn't yeah not great and uh, unfortunately i'll probably have to join the chorus of people who think it's kind of not such a great movie it seems to not really know what it is as a film it's got um this personal narrative of a father and a son and this kind of character study that brad pitt is doing and then you've also got this kind of plot about the earth potentially, you know, ending. And uh, it can never really decide between those two things, what the film is. And uh, it gets really confused. And I suppose if the film was to work, the central character played by Brad <laughs> would have to be kind of interesting. And he, he never really is that interesting of a character. I think in the first five minutes, you know everything about him and that doesn't really change right up to the end of the film and yeah it just doesn't really work um i didn't hate it there were i really kind of for the first third of the film thought it was going to be okay and i thought maybe it might turn into something good but then by the end of it um the last act i was really just completely turned against it and i saw three people walk out and uh, people I saw, the person I saw it with, Anna, she thought it was terrible. So, I mean, I think this is a bit of a, a flop film. Um, and I personally didn't really enjoy it at all. Some of the cinematography was good. Um, I thought the kind of the setting and the premise and everything was good. But uh, overall, just completely failed as a film. Jesus, completely failed as a film. That's not a, that's not good. Anna... Anna did say uh, the second it would finish that she said that was the worst film I've ever seen. Um, she was definitely Whoa. exaggerating, but she did say those words. Uh, I tend to agree with Ralph there. I think he made some really good points. Um, I think that there are some absolute clangor moments in the script, which, yeah, what did he say? <laughs> that, that Did you let your kid jump on the script? Yeah, there's some moments where you're like, I mean, I'm just going to say the word monkey for anyone who has seen it like that. What was going on there with the monkey? Um, yeah. And then I think, I don't know if that's a spoiler because they released a clip of that on their YouTube channel. Yeah, it was so stupid. Is it still a spoiler? It was so stupid. Was but it space monkeys? Yeah, yeah, space monkeys, man. It's like, I don't know, but it was completely irrelevant. There were whole sequences of that film that could have just been snipped out 
and wouldn't have affected the plot. But I think that, um, and I don't know, I've been hearing uh, that this got rave reviews. I haven't met a single person who liked this film. All I've heard is mm. maybe the fucking Peter Bradshaws of this world like it. But bar that, I haven't met a single real human being who actually enjoyed this film. Everyone seems to have multiple problems and like really well-versed problems with it. It doesn't know what it is as a film. It tries to be four or five different things and it doesn't succeed in any. Is it trying to be like a, a thriller in space? Is it trying to be this father-son plot? Is it trying to be, um, I don't know, this kind of like the world's going to end thing? If it's tr- it, it, it doesn't manage to be any of those. And if it picked one, maybe it would be good, but it didn't. Um, Mm. What did Peter Bradshaw it's, give this? Man, I just looked it up. He gave it four out of five, and it was his film of the week. <laughs> <laughs> what is with that guy? <laughs> I don't know, man. Our rivalry with Peter Bradshaw, the yeah. Guardians film Guardians, uh, Guardians film reviewers, uh, still continues. Fuck Peter Bradshaw. Man, he. Uh, this wasn't Peter Bradshaw, but the Guardian also did their top. Top 100 films of the 21st century. And number 10 in the top 100 was Team America World Police. What? That's pretty <laughs> mental. Yeah, I was like, what? I don't know. Look, you can't trust That's those guys. That's number 10 in the last... That, that'd be number 10 for uh, someone who watched exactly 10 films in the last... <laughs> yeah. Someone <laughs> watched 10 films and ranked those. Yeah. It would make the top 10. <laughs> Um, you're you're not enticed to see Ad Astra. No, I'm actually quite glad that you watched it, um, because now I don't have to watch it. And I, I, because <laughs> I, I watched the trailer for. It. I saw the trailer for it in the cinema actually, and I just remember thinking when I saw it, fucking hell, this just looks crap. Like, well, can I just jump I in? I think, like, I just, uh, I think, uh, for me, I almost view you as our space film correspondent in a way. Like, you, you love space movies. Mm-hmm. You you almost like don't have a um, like your opinion is almost untrustworthy because if you set a film in space you're you tend to like it um, so I was really surprised mm. that you didn't you weren't enticed to go see this one yeah so there's multiple things first of all like I said about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I've Brad Pitt has exhausted his potential roles in my head so I don't want to see him ever do anything again um, <laughs> secondly. <laughs> the the trailer the trailer for it not that i i i base idea well i guess i do like i think for a film set in space all the trailer for that showed me was that it, Brad Pitt goes to space and i think in an era now where there's so many films about going to space I, there something else needs to hook me in and, and from what i gathered from the trailer they're just like let's make a space movie because space movies are kind of hot now or something yeah. and they just tried to muddle together a space movie that would make a bit of cash and there's just nothing enticing about the trailer for me at mm. all it was just like going into space like what else like mm. i don't know like i don't even know the premise of it like he has to go to mars or something is it oh man it's it's a it's a really convoluted plot that it drifts between being something as kind of like wacky and uh, comedy-esque as um what was that film mars with uh um uh, matt damon it, it was like almost as crazy as mm. that there's some sequences that are just as and i think it's written by the same guy uh, that are just as weird and wacky as that and then it goes uh to being as serious as something like um 
what's that film that was set in Vietnam with the monologue uh, that you watched the re-release oh, of? Apocalypse Now. Yeah, Apocalypse Now. It kind of has some Apocalypse Now vibes because it has this really long internal monologue of Brad and he's he's so boring. He really is so boring. And it, what's really <laughs> weird is like it feels like they completely stole the character from uh, Neil Armstrong, the Neil Armstrong movie. Like he's like basically trying to do an impression of Ryan Gosling in uh, that Ugh. film we saw together in Berlin. What was it called? I'm the man who forgets movies today. Uh, first Man. Yeah. It, it's like he stole First Man's character, but imagine hearing the internal monologue of Ryan Gosling uh, throughout the film of First Man. You're kind of getting that. It's really not very mm. nice. Also, like, that wouldn't even be as bad because at least First Man's based on a real person, you know? <laughs> like, the... you. I I think yeah it's funny like monologues like kind of voiceover monologues can be can be good or they can be just really bad and I think yeah, yeah it sounds like in this case it, it was really really bad extremely poor yeah um and also How are the, uh, what Michael was like saying was that it was kind of, oh the visuals were amazing but yeah just like on what Michael was saying about it being a, almost a piece of character work it does feel like that it feels a little bit like Brad Pitt has just been... And he was a producer on this, so I wonder how much control he had. But um, it feels like mm. he's just kind of almost like practicing being an actor on screen or something. Like it's it's almost an yeah. exercise in acting and like it's not really got anything to do with the audience and the connection that he's making with the audience. It's almost like Brad Pitt's just, you know, having a go at, at doing this character and he does it for a long time and it never really hits home for me. Yeah, that was another thing I, I nearly kind of felt from the trailer. Like when I saw it, I was like, I feel like Brad Pitt wants this to be his like swan song, like his last, <laughs> like he's like, and this is where I prove to everyone that I am not just like a kind of a stonery, macho kind of <laughs> handsome guy. I'm actually a real good actor all this time. And that like, it, I guess it just hasn't worked out for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't, I don't dislike Brad that much. I mean, I kind of I kind of have a fondness for him, but um, this film definitely took him down a few pegs. Mm, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'll never, I'll never go. Uh, I'll never watch this. Also, is it long? <laughs> it looks long. It's, it feels very long. It was one of those yeah. ones where it's over, and you go, "Thank God that's over." Um, mm. Depending, some people. Do you know what it. I feel? It's nice, uh, like films. These like it's 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 actually the same with albums. Like m music albums and films are just so bloody long these days, mm. and it's just it's such a it's such a um, it's just such an ordeal. I think like going to the cinema. I feel like a film has to be the quality of a movie has to be so much higher for it to justify three hours. Yeah, you know what I mean, that's it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think like that if, um, the. There's a reason films are short. Like, there's a reason they're an hour and a half. And it's not like they, they uh, back then they used to shoot less. They cut the films down for a point. You know, they're they like, this is about a narrative. This is about a story. Or what are we trying to say? Let's not leave any extra fluff in. And I feel like these days, because they know that we're going to go and droves to the box office, they feel like they can just put everything into it. And they don't have to put everything into it. This film genuinely yeah. had so many scenes, long, 20-minute-long sequences that could have just been cut. They just could have been left on the floor it, and not affected the It's a weird of the film. thing. 
it's a weird thing as well because like I understand the incentive there's a there's a financial incentive for an album to be long and that like the total numbers of streams of an album if there's more songs in an album it gets more streams which just means more revenue from streaming platforms what I don't understand with a film is it just purely like artistic kind of indulgence on the director's <laughs> part or whatever <laughs> I mean that's what I always like to think it is but I, just, I don't know man they just want us to suffer they hate us <laughs> they hate the audience it's it's funny that you brought up apocalypse now because just before we started doing this i watched um a documentary called heart of darkness which is actually about the making of apocalypse now big okay. coincidence actually but uh it's so crazy like i know i spoke about the making of it in the imdb yeah. thing but it's just so funny watching like just watching because uh, Francis Ford Coppola is actually such a normal looking guy yeah. and just seeing him there like with a walkie talkie calling the shots with all these helicopters like flying around you're like god <laughs> what <laughs> what were they thinking there yeah, like, yeah. but this this would have all this this film Ad Astra would have all been uh, constructed in some sort of computer on, on a computer with a small man <laughs> so that's as much no you didn't even need a walkie talkie guy probably just has an iPhone yeah. 11 he just uses Slack to instant message like all the all the crew. Um, on the topic of uh, of long movies, a refreshingly short and to the point two hours long was Joker. Yes. Okay. The Link Man does it again. Yeah, Joker. Uh, well, we both um, went to see this film because it was a, a big. I was. It's a big film right now. It kind of crept out of nowhere, but it's a it's a slam dunk in terms of how much press it's getting uh everyone's talking yeah about it. it's one that you can if you're you're on the bus and you turn to the person next to you and say have you seen joker um they might say yes or they'll know what you're talking about yeah. i went to see it in dundrum in your home cinema where did you see it what yeah i went to see it in dundrum maybe we were there together no because you went to see it last night whereas i saw it on sunday uh, well, it seems unlikely we saw it together then. <laughs> anyway, here, will we listen to these reviews? Back-to-back -back reviews. Hey, just after getting out of The Joker, um, saw it in Dundrum Cinema with a few friends. It was really good. I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, kind of surprised as to why it has so much controversy surrounding it. Like, obviously, it's um, there's violence in it and there's definitely kind of maybe some questionable bits in it. But overall, I was surprised that there was kind of walkouts in that film. I was surprised that people were as outraged about that film as they are, because I feel like there's, in everyday Hollywood films, there's things that people should be very outraged about, which they just aren't. You know, just the regular war film where there's just people dying constantly or in like a Superman film, there's so much death, but people kind of turned a blind eye to it. But in this film, yeah, there is, you know, it kind of feels more realistic. So I guess the violence in it feels more sinister or something. But it, I don't know. I felt like all the violence in that film was justified within the plot. Or not justified, but made sense within the context of the film. And I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I'm kind of, after watching it, I kind of have this feeling that maybe the whole controversy surrounding the Joker is maybe because it's maybe something that the studio kind of plotted up so is that there's a bit of controversy surrounding it because 
honestly, I was sitting in a packed cinema um, with people who I think usually would not go to that kind of film if it had not been a comic book film and if they knew exactly what kind of film it was, which is basically uh, kind of a thriller, a suspense thriller with uh, some kind of character work in it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think a lot of those teenagers would have been there if they knew what they were going to get themselves into. Pretty creepy stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought maybe they maybe they drummed this up. Maybe the studios, Marvel or whoever made it, have drummed this up. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, someone's in my garden. I have to go. But anyway, I thought it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. So I just went to see Joker. Um, yeah, I thought it was fucking class. Really, really good. Um, I know it wasn't technically set in New York, but it definitely ticked all the boxes of my love for like... 70s New York crime films. Obviously, there's a lot of Taxi Driver-esque stuff, and as I said before, I really like that. Um, yeah, it was just really good. Joaquin Phoenix was bloody brilliant in it, I thought. Um, uh, yeah, amazing acting. Really cool story. The way it all developed was really nice and interesting, and a lot of the time I thought, like, potentially some stupid stuff could have happened and it didn't. I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if it's going to end up like this or if it's going to end up like that. But it all remained, like, relatively realistic, even though it was obviously a crazy, crazy story or whatever. But it was all pretty dark and pretty, yeah, pretty pretty kind of real, which is rare for a film, like, from a comic book character. And any kind of, I guess, nerdy comic references weren't really like in your face or anything they were kind of just there and if you understood them you did and if you didn't it didn't matter at all which is which is a pretty good way of going about it and the way it all turned out i just thought yeah i just thought it was great it looked really really nice really nice colors i really liked the choice of music in it the costumes were really cool um one thing i would say though it's been getting a lot of heat for like given the the climate in the u.s with mass shootings and stuff like that and people were saying like it was quite an irresponsible film because it kind of not necessarily incites violence but it's basically about a guy who's you know very depressed clearly very mentally ill who resorts to extreme violence and seems to get some kind of joy out of it um so yeah having a film like that in the current like current situation in the US is kind of irresponsible um, and I kind of already thought that before I watched it but then when I actually watched it some of the stuff he says I was like oof I think it might be a bit too identifiable for certain people and I was kind of like uh oh uh oh but uh, thankfully I'm not uh, yeah thankfully <laughs> that wasn't a problem for me so um, yeah I thought it was fucking brilliant oh conflicting opinions man my uh my friend uh, from America uh, went to the cinema last week and he took a photo as he was going in of a policeman with like an AK-47 or what, whatever it was. And he just said, just oh. going to see the Joker uh, in a totally normal country where nothing weird ever happens. Because they uh, all around America, they've got heightened police presence outside of any screenings of the Joker because of the fear for a mass shooter. <laughs> but do you not think so? I know what you were saying. I know what you were saying about the the 
the violence. I don't think it's the violence itself that's the cause of controversy. I think there's obviously considerably more violent films out there and war films and stuff, but I think it's the specific context of a man who's alienated from society, which I'm sure a lot of people who did end up becoming mass shooters felt that way. And he felt that he needed to get back on the society that's kind of let him down. Um, and then when he does go and do whatever he does, seemingly he gets a lot of catharsis and joy and pleasure out of taking yeah. out his rage on society. So I, th I just think that the kind of people who identify with him, it's not even like, you know, it's not, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just think it's not the violence itself that I, mm. I understand the controversy around. I just think it's the context of his character and how he comes to to do the violent acts that he does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, so certainly because it, I think that, that violence is like just not even a scratch on something like um, even like Tarantino or anything like that. It's it's nothing there. But mm. yeah, I mean, I, I understand the that like within the context of America right now, this film is certainly, you know, you have a, an individual who's got mental illness and is pushed out by society and then he reacts in a violent way to that. But it, it, I don't know. I mean, that is a plot. Obviously, Taxi Driver did that about six, 40 years ago. And, um, mm. and it was controversial, but I think we can look back and go that Taxi Driver was an important film because we almost needed that film to be made because it, 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 it's not like that... If that is happening, we shouldn't kind of make movies about it, and um, mm. and like, is it not the job of art to almost empathize with these people who do these terrible things, and also offer, which I think this film does do, not offer it as a solution, like offer a a, a strong moral uh, contention against that choice, because ultimately, like, it does, I think, say that humans have a choice in these matters and and this person made the wrong choice and uh i think it's the job of art to, to make films about this kind of stuff and i think the joker does it in a really good way i mean like beside this like small point i thought it was a, a wonderful film like i mean not wonderful is maybe not a good word to describe it. i thought it was a, f a really fantastic film but do, do you not think like because yeah you but i think like I think the difference with Travis Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver is he wasn't an admirable character or one that you would aspire to be like. Mm. Whereas the Joker might be, especially considering that this is kind of a, a prequel to, well, it, it's not really, but people might consider it to be a prequel to the likes of The Dark Knight or something where the Joker's this kind of slick, cool crime. Yeah. He's crazy, but he's cool, a crime boss guy. And he's someone that people admire. People wear T-shirts of him. People get tattoos of him. So he's somewhat admirable. Whereas Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver isn't admirable. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, and I think that it... And it's really interesting that they... So what you're saying is uh, a good point. And I think that's like um, a misreading of the film. I think that there's a reason they chose De Niro to be the chat show host in this film who played Taxi Driver. I think they, there's so many moments that this film, it owes an awful lot to Taxi Driver. There's whole mirror sequences, the whole kind of anti-hero thing. Going like this. Yeah, like there's there's so much of that this film owes to Taxi Driver. But that De Niro character, I think, um, when I think back on that film, everything he says is 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 if you listen to it, 
he's he's saying he's giving such good like he's giving you your moral um standpoint that you you should listen to and he paints the joker in mm. in, a, in a bad bad light and he basically chastises him and and that's the voice of the film that you're supposed to listen to and i think it you're right it is, it would be very easy for for teenagers or kids or something or this whole intel culture or something to look at the joker in that film and say oh he's the hero of the piece but they would be ignoring what i think is the point of the film which is that uh, that he ultimately the joker um chooses the you know the uh, the, the wrong the wrong path to react to uh, his his mm. his bad set well, of cards I think the controversy is 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 more relating to people who who can't identify that though isn't it Yeah 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 um, <laughs> um but aside from I guess we should also just talk about how it's just a bloody brilliant film like yeah. it's really good it, it, it is the so acting, good the acting in it is so what what did you think so so in it uh what is it the, the joker has this condition where he he laughs at inappropriate situations or just kind of laughs impulsively yes if i i think it's when he kind of gets nervous or if he's confronted or whatever mm-hmm. um when that first started happening i was like oh i don't know if i can yeah 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 hack this cuz it's really horrible to watch it was mm-hmm. really like yeah forced or something but then Oh yeah, I just thought his performance was just so that good. That's one of the great. I, Joaquin Phoenix was just so good in that film. Also, the scenes of the dancing. I don't know. It, what's interesting in our voice reviews that we didn't really mention Joaquin Phoenix, but I think that often happens when you've just seen a film, where you the the performance was so good that you're not thinking about the performance. You're actually just thinking about the whole. Mm. And then when you sit on it for a week, you go, "Wow!" Like what he did. But one thing I don't know if if this is actually true about Joaquin Phoenix, but his body looks so weird. Like uh, when he's, yeah. like, you just the first time you see him with his top off, you're like, God, he, he, it's all angular and thin and writhing. And when he's doing that dance, yeah, it's yeah. just so extra creepy. It's fucking horrible. It looks like his rib cage is like backwards or yeah, something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's really sick. <laughs> his ribs are on his back. It's um that yeah, the dancing was actually a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I guess it was kind of a bizarre thing for them to put in but it really worked and i thought it looked really yeah it really it really fit in with it with his character and the, and the whole uh and the music choice the whole i film. thought was really what? good as well yeah it was nice like normally i think putting in like well-known kind of rock and roll songs in in those kind of movies is it sucks mm-hmm. but in that one uh in that one it worked well i thought it was good yeah it it like i guess in the likes of like uh, you know the Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever when they have like ACDC and stuff you're yeah. just like oh for fuck's sake but <laughs> that had a that was a good one well I think that might be like the f- I think because I always I always had the belief that superhero films could be made into jit and I know this is a super villain film I guess but let's say comic book related films I always have the belief that they could be made into genuinely good movies like mm-hmm. there's definitely something there that they because the comic books themselves are usually pretty good like the stories mm. but um it's never really happened but i guess well i think well christopher enter nolan's, the spider-verse was one i think christopher nolan's trilogy uh batman trilogy yeah i, don't think I guess that this film would have been made without heath ledger's performance um yeah that's fair uh but but it, this took it a step further i'd say in that in that i think this film could have been made and it had nothing to do with comic books. Like it would be very easy if like the Joker mm, was just some mm. random fucking guy 
in New York who was getting dicked on uh, by uh, from every which way in his life and uh, mm-hmm. and just reacted violently. And I think that's like what makes it so. And I was wondering like why did they make it a comic book movie? Was it just to sell tickets? But I'm like, no. I think it was good that they chose a, a comic book uh, plot to make this film. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like the idea of a supervillain, it is like, it's interesting because you're always like, oh, they're so bad or whatever. But it's in, it's it's um, interesting to give the context that like in order to become a supervillain, you have to have a pretty tragic backstory. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you always think of these evil kind of often like kind of cool but evil characters. But I guess they've they've had it pretty rough. So yeah, that's he, like, he goes from, they're uh, not just like that for no reason. broken pathetic and then you know like torn to pieces and then evil you know that's kind of the pathway to it uh which definitely makes for a much more rich villain i'm not into these kind of like i don't know old bond villains where they're just like yeah i want to destroy the world yeah yeah and it's just like why yeah because i'm bad you know there's no yeah it's just i'm a bad man (laughs) 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 well there's a time and a place for those guys i think yeah yeah, <laughs> um, man, you're not gonna time. bloody believe this. You're not gonna believe it. Um, Peter Bradshaw, Joker review. The headline: The most disappointing film of the year. Two out of five. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to stop uh, just referring to Peter Bradshaw for every movie. It's almost like a beautiful really dance. Hits it out of the park. We're so in step with him <laughs> in how out of step we are with him. Like. Our our disagreements yeah. are almost perfect. We 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 completely yeah. disagree on every single film. <laughs> Do you think he listens? I think maybe he does. Yeah, he uh, he listens and then tweaks the <laughs> t- t- tweaks his reviews around it. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's, I that's I really uh, recommend anyone going to check out the Joker. I know um some people have walked out of this, but not anyone I've talked to. I think everyone um who sat down and seriously watched it, has, has been able to take something out of it because regardless of what you think of the film overall, I think it does raise some good questions that you could talk about. Um, and I think the construction of it is really well made. Um, will we transition onto the next film? <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Yeah, okay. That works very, very well. I feel like if you'd seen the film, you wouldn't have made that, you wouldn't have made that transition. But uh, yeah, th- so the next Why one. Why is it? T- is it bad? I don't know about that. Just thing. like that's kind of like fun and um, that's like fun and quirky. And this film is the, la- the last thing this film is, is fun and quirky. Uh, so the film I went to see uh, this week on Monday Cinema Club. Monday Cinema Club is a film club I just started last week with a few friends. We go to see a film every Monday in the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary. It's uh, very nice. Um, and they show films from the last year that oh. are really good. Uh, and oh, do you? It's, yeah, it's very nice times. Um, <laughs> I uh, I didn't know anything about that. Every Monday, well, is it? Yeah. Well, like the weird thing is, okay. Um, when I was trying to call you, the, I this like weird I'm, thing I'm usually I'm. You're usually I'm not usually free like on, Mondays. Busy on Mondays. You yeah, I usually like have a. You have things to do on Monday. Like I mean, I've never. I I don't know how you'd know that because I was never asked, but. Um, <laughs> Well, um, uh, well, like just got out of uh, Transit, (laughs) which is a German film 
that came out last year. I saw it with the Monday Cinema Club in the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary. Uh, Monday Cinema Club is something just started this week and it's great. We go see a film in the Pavilion every Monday. But um, yeah, this one was made by a guy called Christian Petzold, who is a famous German director um, who made uh, really big films that did really well in the last couple of years that are all... <laughs> that are all uh, not coming to my mind at the moment, but I thought this film was kind of a bit kind of confusing and a little bit winding. Basically, it's an interesting concept. It's a film set in uh, World War II, but, but it is filmed in contemporary surroundings. So you have, um, it starts and it's in contemporary Paris, but the plot is based in uh, Germany. So you have like Nazis and stuff and Jews trying to flee the Nazis, but it's all like in the contemporary world. So that's really interesting. It's kind of cool to see that. Um, but the, I don't know where it gets confusing. And then basically the plot is, is, is a similar plot that we've seen all the time, kind of like a fantastic Mr. Ripley thing where a guy takes on the character of someone else. So there's this Jewish guy in Paris and he uh, meets this writer and the writer gets killed and he, then assumes the uh, he assumes the he pretends to be the writer, okay, and and that's where the plot starts to you know move along, and it's all about being in transit and being sort of stuck in this one place, and it gets a bit surreal and kind of confusing, and I don't think it really punches home. There is some good kind of it gets you thinking about things and wondering about things and all this kind of stuff, but overall it just got a little bit lazy and boring and prolonged and. I don't know, it was just a bit weird and I wasn't really too into it by the end. And yeah, I don't know, when 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 at the end you're kind of like, oh, thank God that was over, it always shows that it wasn't a good film. And I think uh, for me, that wasn't a good film. Sounds uh, convoluted and boring. Yeah, I guess like I, I don't hate it as much as I seem to have in that voice recording. I definitely am, wasn't too hot on it. I think that what this film got wrong, and it got a few things right, but what it got wrong was it just seemed too caught up in the idea of being like a good idea or a good concept rather than a good film. Like this film is made by mm. some really good filmmakers who've made some really good films over the last few years. But it seemed like they were more thinking about this cool idea of a film that they had rather than thinking about the the actual person who would have to sit and watch this in the cinema. And sometimes it's mm -hmm. good to not think about the audience but i think in this instance they could have spent a little bit more time thinking about the audience member and like what was going on <laughs> um because overall it it's just it, it was basically not very entertaining and i think for yeah. me i don't know maybe it's where i am in my life right now but a film needs to be a little bit entertaining and uh, this film <laughs> didn't really make much of an attempt to even be really funny or anything like that um so yeah. it wasn't for me. It wasn't even and funny. It wasn't even funny. It wasn't terrible now. I'm not saying <laughs> it was terrible, but it, 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 it missed the mark. It definitely missed the mark. Because yeah. I did, uh, I saw the, I saw, it was recommended to me by my friend Dan. And I kind of watched it and I was like, no, oh, that looks kind of interesting. But I wasn't overly keen to see it. But that, like, so how is it, it's, is it set 
is it kind of like World War Two is happening now, or is it, is it supposed to be in like the nineteen forties? It just looks like current times, or it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet thing. Yeah, it's a Romeo and Juliet thing. And what's difficult as okay. well is that you know you run into a whole host of story of plot plot holes by by doing this. Basically, you take the context of nineteen. 30 or 42 or something and place it in 2019 mm-hmm. uh, France. So you, let's say he, he's walking down the street and all these policemen come, armed policemen, those are the Nazis. And then he like gets on a TGV train and gets a, like a bullet train down to Marseille. That's like him trying to flee. And it is interesting to see it because it kind of makes you go, I don't know, it's always useful to go, okay, that kind of apply it to your reality because sometimes when you watch old war films it's kind of like oh isn't that a story mm. whereas now you can look at it and go oh that's what it would be like um yeah yeah so it's that kinda, does it, sound interesting it, it is interesting to do that but um but the problem is there's zero cultural references which i don't know it's not something you really notice in a film much but i don't know in a film that seems to be about kind of like the, the political situation is quite important there's not one cultural reference and it just it does after a while you're kind of like man they they need to say like the word hitler they need to say the word nazi <laughs> they need to say the word like yeah, all yeah. these things like war and they, they don't say any of those words and i feel like that also was kind of lacking and it, it gave it this dreamy drifting feel that i don't know um it was just a little bit too art house for me which is not something i often say yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like if you're gonna do it, do it. Like if you're gonna make a World War Two film, like talk about it, kind of thing. Is that what you they mean? Didn't like, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird. Um, but uh, mm. I don't know. I I think that people could go see this film and enjoy it. Um, but uh, that one of those people wasn't me. <laughs> All right. Um, well, will we go on to? Have you got any recommendations for me for this week? Oh, uh, give me one second. I fucking had the film in my head and now it's gone. Uh, c- can you tell me what your recommendation is, and then I want to recommend, uh, and then I want to recommend to you. Shit. Yeah. Well, are you go- are you going to be listening to me when I tell you, or are you going to be thinking? Okay. So I can just wait. Yeah. Give me a second. Okay. All right. Uh, so the film I'm going to recommend for you um, is a film that I I don't know. I suppose it's not quite in keeping with like uh, 70s films uh, from. Uh, that are like set in New York, but I feel like it might, um, it might be in the same stream as that. It's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's mm. Nest, uh, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but I th- man, are you? That's crazy. What? I I'm literally on like the last ten pages of the novel of that right now. Are you I'm about to finish me? it? Like after we do this, oh that's wild. God. Okay, well, so me and Helmet, um, my dad, uh, his name is Helmet. Uh, we're just talking this week and it was one of the films that me and him watched when I was kind of young. And it was the first kind of big boy film that I saw. Uh, that, mm. that, And uh, he was like, you have to see this film. Nicholson is just so impressive in this film. And I did watch it. And I do think still to this day that Nicholson's performance in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is my favorite all-time performance by any actor. But it's, it's, it's a wonderful film. It's, it's terrible, but it's also beautiful. It's funny. It's yeah. everything. It's got everything in it. And the music is so wonderful with a lovely score. Um, so, wait, well, just about the book, is it written from the chief's perspective? Yes. That's so interesting. Because I, I heard that. That's yeah. so interesting. It's a, it's a really, really cool movie. I'd say, uh, 
I mean book. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. So I was planning on um, finishing it and then watching it. So it's good that you recommended it because now I'll, I'll double watch it. I'll watch it twice. Oh, just, just watch it once. <laughs> Okay. Um, right. It's because it, the film is very much from from uh, Jack Nicholson's kind of point of view, is it? Like yeah. he's the main character. Yeah, it's very much him. interesting. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have one to recommend for me, please? Uh, yeah, I have a recommendation for you, and even if you have already seen it, I'm going to make you. I want you to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? No. What? No, I haven't. <laughs> Fuck. Here's another Man, one. Glengarry Glen Roth is one of the best films that ever made. <laughs> I would say, I would say like Jurassic Park, Glengarry Glen Roth, Whiplash, and Taxi Driver are okay. the only four films that any person needs to ever watch. It's unbelievable. Do you know? Do you know anything sell, about it? Sell, sell it to me. It's about like it's it's uh, pitched as a story for anyone who works for a living. That's like the tagline. Oh, it's um, these these guys in a in a horrible little real estate sales office, and it's real dreary. And they have this guy from the head office who comes in at the start, and he's like, "You guys have until tomorrow to get up on the sales board, and if you don't, you're all fired." And it's Alec Baldwin who comes in and gives this really famous speech, <laughs> and he basically like tells them they're all going to get sacked if they don't close some deals mm-hmm. and um it's just them scrambling being real pathetic and just having a really horrible time um <laughs> trying to close <laughs> deals and just really basically begging people to like buy real estate off them but it's like it's it's not funny or anything it is kind of funny but it's not supposed to be funny it's just really kind of sad and when when is it harsh again? Is it like just, 70s or something Oh, I think maybe the nineties. Okay, Al Pacino. Yeah. I have in it. heard about it a lot, um, but I, I've never really even mm. heard about the plot or anything that goes on it. But you do hear Glen Gary, Glen Ross, because it, it's just a, a weird name for a movie. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I definitely I'll check it out. It's, it's cool. It's it's based on a play as well. So there's only like there's only like three. The whole thing takes place in like three different rooms. It's like them in the sales office, them oh, in I a love restaurant, films like that, and then. Yeah, it's, and it's just so, so good. I love it. I really think you would love it too. That, okay. it's got, I would say it's got some of the best acting I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, cool. Okay, it's, so a lot of good acting this week. Um, yeah. Okay, well, not this week, but in the films that we've this talked about this week. <laughs> what are you going to go see this between now and next time I'll talk to you? Um, I want to see the new Judy Garland film with... Um, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I want to see the new Judy Garland film with Renee Zellweger because uh, I really like Renee Zellweger as an actor. She um, she disappeared for a long time and then she came back and then her face was completely different and everyone freaked out. And it was true because <laughs> her face looked completely different. But now somehow yeah. it's a few years later and her face looks the same again. And uh, and I saw the trailer yeah. in the cinema and it looked pretty good. So I'm going to see it and uh, hopefully it'll be good. I don't know much about Judy Garland, but the, it looks that's the like thing. a good yeah. film. That's what I thought. I watched it and I was like, the trailer for this looks good, but I don't know even who Judy Garland really is. So I probably will <laughs> give it a miss. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know if it's good. 
I'll text you. All right. And then uh, I guess... Yeah, um, or you could send me a voice message, maybe. I don't know. That might work, yeah, too. Yeah, we could talk about it, maybe, after voice messages. Also, mm. Monday Night Cinema Club. Um, I think the next film that's going to be on Monday Night Cinema Club is Balloon, which is a German film that I've already seen uh, about a uh, about the families uh, during... Um, partition in Germany who try get from the east to the west using hot air balloons. Uh, it's a really good film, hmm. so uh, I'm going to see that again. Cool. Enjoy. I'm going to finally, uh, I'm going to Berlin on Thursday and I'm going to finally get to see Midsummer because it's finally out oh, in the cinema over there. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, can't I can't bloody wait. I've so much hype. Imagine um, you it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a guaranteed I think it's a guaranteed winner for me. Um I'm also I think I'm going to check out a film called Skin. I think it's an A24 one actually about um skinheads. It looks kind of like nearly like an American History X kind of vibe of skinheads and then one of them kind of falls for this other lady and they seem to have a you know a nice relationship and then I think the relationship causes them to kind of become a, a softer more loving man is what I get from the trailer. Anyway, it looks pretty good. Um, and then also, have you seen the trailers for that film King? It's about King Henry V. It's got no. Robert Pattinson in it. No, that sounds it looks like good. something down my street. I, I'm going to try and check that out. Okay, I think it might be a Netflixy one, but um, ah, check it okay, out. Okay, it looks okay, good. Netflixy. Um, and then the day that uh, the Irishman really gets released is drawing ever near. Um, so I can't wait for that to come out too. Um, but we're yeah. still, still over the, the Italian Irishman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are we there? We're there. Okay. The end. Um, well, I'd like to thank anyone who made it this far um, listening to the podcast. I like saying it like that, as if it's some sort of marathon that they had to run and they, yeah. they've gotten to the finish line. I'd also like to thank my sister Carla, who let me lend, uh, give me a lend of her earphones and her laptop to record this week's podcast uh, who I also went to see mm-hmm. um, the film with she uh, yeah was very f- supportive to the show uh, by giving us these uh, technological um, equi- this technological equipment to let it happen so thank you Carla um, so Thanks, Carla. if you enjoyed uh, the podcast please give it a like and a rate we actually haven't gotten any ratings or likes whatsoever no matter even though we've mentioned that every episode should we do some sort of prize oh, really? or something yeah fuck think of some sort of prize <laughs> um, you get a you get a ticket you get you get tickets to the cinema <laughs> okay yeah you, you can get tickets to the cinema if you if you leave us the person who has the best review uh, uh, leaves us it gets a ticket to the cinema Mark's paying and um, and yeah. The pr- uh, yeah give us the five star review and all that I will stuff. yeah fuck it I would too it's, a, it's like only a fiver or something um, alright there's two tickets okay. where are you going to cinema for a fiver yeah okay it's not a fiver anymore boys um, <laughs> and girls and whatever else um, so yeah uh, please uh, rate and review and please get in contact with us with your voice reviews uh, 0894902837 um, or follow us on Instagram we had a really good Instagram post this week uh, uh, from Mark what was it again? it was just you met um, <laughs> it was like that night when you met Sylvester Stallone <laughs> Killian met Sylvester Stallone Sylvester didn't want to uh, 
he wanted it to be more like a casual thing, I guess. That's what he said, wasn't it? So we never recorded the conversation, but nice guy. 